You're listening to the Love Your Neighbor Podcast. Thank you for joining us on the Love Your Neighbor Podcast. My name is John, and I get to be a part of this. Uh, the podcast today is sponsored by Brandon Wellness. We are a nonprofit organization, and we are committed to building, investing in the community, the health and wellness of our community. And part of that vision is to just get to know one another, get to know our community. And uh, today we have a very special guest. Uh, Tom Savage is with us. Tom, thank you for joining us. Really happy to be here. Thanks for asking me to come by. Yeah, you, you get to tell a lot of stories in your role in Brandon. Yeah. Uh, so now we get to hear your story. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I, I have a blast telling those stories too. Honestly, it's uh, when when Jill, uh, the owner of the journal, came to me and, and wanted me to join the staff. I, there aren't very many communities where uh, I'm a sports writer by trade, uh, and Brandon Valley is uh, has a lot of good sports teams. So it made it to an, an easy decision. And it's just been some great personalities. The coaches are great. There's some great kids that I've talked to. Um, I've really enjoyed telling Brandon Valley's story over the last few years. Yeah. Well, we're glad to have you. Yeah. I know that. I know that Jill, it's almost impossible to think about Jill, um, what she does. I don't even really totally understand what she does, but I do know that uh, her heart for Brandon and to have somebody like you alongside to help and help help tell more stories really yeah. um, is just huge. So, Well, I'll tell you what, the people of Brandon Valley, um, what Jill does is not easy. And I'm telling you, that is a really good newspaper. A good, really, it's probably the best weekly newspaper in the state. And I honestly mean that. She's done a fabulous job. That's a heavy lift, man. That that is not easy, and that's that's a quality paper out there. So I'm I'm happy to be part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So so let's kind of let's talk a little bit about kind of personal the personal side of Tom. Yeah. Um, get kind of underneath the hood here a little bit, if you will. Give us your background. Grow up. Where did you grow yeah. up? Um, how did you get into sports writing? Have you always done that? What else? Yeah, so I'm a Sioux Falls kid. I went to Sioux Falls Lincoln, uh, University of Sioux Falls. Um, I had, uh, when I was really little, my father was an automobile racing writer, uh, uh, and he wrote for a couple of national magazines. Um, when I was a little kid, my goal was to work for the Indianapolis 500. That's I wanted to do that. I wasn't sure what that role was, but I wanted to make it Indianapolis. That was always my my thing. Um, uh, when I was in college, the Sky Force came to town. Uh, and I had a part-time job at the Argus Leader as a sports writer. Um, and I covered high school sports. And when the Sky Force came to town, they had me cover that a little bit. And just doing a little bit of research, I realized that my chance to really get out of Sioux Falls and make it on the in a, in a national or, or a major league uh, franchise was through the NBA. Um, okay. And so I, I got a job. I was the director of public relations for the Sky Force. Uh, and I did that for a couple of years. And those, those entire two years, I was really just building my resume to try and get to the NBA. I really wanted to do that. Uh, there's a thing called the Blue Book. It's the NBA Blue Book. And in it is everything you could possibly imagine for the media that cover the NBA. So it's every team, okay. every team PR director, every radio station that covers it, where the teams stay on the road, what restaurants, it's everything you could possibly need to know about the media of the NBA. And I spent two years working with the Sky Force, pumping out resumes uh, to those two. I probably sent resumes to 16 different teams uh, in the NBA. And I finally got a call back from the Rockets, Houston Rockets. Uh, and they called me and said, listen, there's a new women's league starting called the WNBA. Um, and wow. we'd like for you to come in and because at the time, the Sky Force was the CBA, which yep. is now the G League. So it's yep. the minor league to the NBA. And so the WNBA was somewhat modeled after that, except it was owned by the NBA teams. There were eight of them initially. So I went to Houston, 
And I'll never forget, it was minus 10 degrees here when I left, and it was 80 degrees in Houston. I remember thinking it was a 90-degree swing uh, yeah. heading down there for that interview. So it didn't take much, and I took that job. Um, so I was the first PR director of the WNBA's Houston Comets oh, wow. in 97 and 98. And that was a blast. As a matter of fact, as I say to today, that was probably the most fun I had working in pro sports for those wow. two years. Um, so from there, I, I just uh, uh, I was the PR director for the Lakers. Uh, after that wow. for a couple of years. So okay. I worked with Shaq and Kobe and Phil Jackson was with those guys every day for, for two years. And then, then there was an opening with the Indiana Pacers. Um, and actually it was for their WNBA team, the fever, Indiana fever. So I left the Lakers, took the job as the head PR director for the fever. Everybody thought it was crazy for leaving the Lakers to go to the fever. But in the back of my mind was I'm getting to Indianapolis. And if I play yeah. my cards right, I might be able to get to the speedway. Uh, and that's what happened. I was with the fever for three years and then I was the name of the director of public relations for the Indy Racing League, which is the sanctioning body for the Indy 500. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I was there for five or six years. Yeah, and th that was a blast. I mean, that was the my career goal from when I was little. So I yeah. was uh, I got that job on uh, I was 33 years old, and there are 33 cars that start the Indy 500. And that irony was never lost on me that I, I got yeah. it at that age. So yeah, from there I I kind of missed the NBA. Uh, IndyCar didn't go exactly the way that I had wanted. I just didn't like. Uh, the direction that the series was headed. And while I was with the Lakers, um, I helped do the PR to get the Staples Center built in downtown Los Angeles. At the time, we were at the Forum in Inglewood, okay. which most people know that famous arena. But yeah. So we got that building built. I got hired by the Seattle Supersonics because they were trying to get a building built in Seattle to keep the team there. And so I helped uh, kind of on sure. that front, the, the PR, to try and get a building built. And we, uh, we failed. And that team is now the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, so I went to Oklahoma city. I was with them for a couple of years and, uh, spent a little bit of time working in the NFL after that, uh, doing some PR stuff. And then it was time to come home. You know, yeah, it was right. 10 years ago now. And I, it was just, you know, parents are getting older. It was just, uh, family was here time mm -hmm. to come home. So I've been here about 10 years, been back about 10 years and worked at the Argus and now been with Jill here for a little over a year and I'm having a blast. Uh -huh. Yeah. So the, the journalism is what what would you say is the irreducible minimum for a journalist? What what makes a journalist tick? When you get up in the morning, I mean, talk to me about your morning. Well, I do love telling stories. Uh, and, I, you know, a lot of times when I'll write a story, I'll get thank you. Uh, somebody will send me a text, man, and say, thank you so much for that. And, I, and I, I've responded this way ever since I can remember. And it, my response is always, it's your story. I just happen to tell it. I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's just, for me, you know, journalism, um, my daughter's a senior in high school and she wants to go into journalism as well. And I've told her this since she was little is that, you know, if you can write, you could pretty much do anything. If you can write it, mm. you, you can do it. But if there's a certain way to write it, uh, it's AP style writing and there's nothing special about that. It's just a, it's just a craft. It's just a craft that anybody sure. else uses. So for, for like my father's a writer, uh, he's much better creative writer than I am. I, I very much stay in the rails, AP style newspaper writing. I kind of stay in the rails where he's, and Isabella, my daughter is the same way. She's very creative and kind of, uh, they, they write in a way that I, I could never do. Um, my daughter's 17 years old and she's halfway through writing a, a book right now, a, wow. a non or a fiction book. And it's pretty good. You know, for wow. 17, I, I read it at night. And, uh, she knocks out a few more pages every day and it's, she, she could, she's much better at that than I am. Um, 
So I've kind of gotten off of your question, but for me, I love to tell stories and I just keep it within those parameters and I always put it back on the subject. It's your story. I just happen to write it. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So you serve really the people whose story you're telling yeah. by putting it down and here you go. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just the facts. You know, I, I love to sit there. I love talking to coaches after games. Sometimes it's okay. better to talk to them the day after, but you get that raw emotion after a game, win or lose. It's great. Uh, and again, it's, you know, they see things, Matt Christensen, the football coach, sees things on the sidelines that I don't see, even though I've covered, you know, 300 high school football games in my career. I, I feel like I'm pretty knowledgeable on the subject, but afterwards he'll say things to me that I, you know, he's seen things that I don't see and I find that interesting. Uh, yeah. And same with, you know, basketball, same way. And I've, I've covered, good Lord, thousands of basketball games. Um, and there are things that that surprised me at the end of sometimes coaches say, I love that. I love telling those stories. Have you ever had a football coach covering football who was also as um, literate and English? Uh, what would you say? How, how do you describe MC as an English teacher and a football yeah. coach? To me, that's very unique. Yeah, well, he's, he's smart. Uh, you don't have noticed coaches, and I don't uh, – coaches are very smart, obviously, to get to yeah, that level. Yeah. They're very, very smart. Um, I noticed on the professional level, and I, I, I use these words uh, cautiously, there was one athlete that I ever worked with that I knew was smarter than me in the room. And I don't mean to sound like, but I knew he was smarter <laughs> than, than me. And his name was Paul Dana. He was an IndyCar driver. Okay. He was unfortunately killed in an IndyCar crash uh, in Miami. But he, was the, he, was, he went to Northwestern as a journalism uh, student uh, major one of the smartest guys I ever met, and he, he got himself in that race car, and it ended up getting him. But uh, I actually wrote a book, uh, and, and that story is in there. Like th this is the one time where I really felt like I was outmatched. Clearly, uh, yeah. Paul was the guy. But coaches, I mean, coaches—they're normally teachers, right? They're, yeah. they're smart folks, and they say the right things, especially on uh, you know. And, and this is going to sound like I'm a Brandon Valley Homer, but. They really are. They say the right things. They yeah. say them in nice 20, 30-second sound bites. Uh, it's easy for me as a as a uh, print journalist to transcribe that interview and, and get the good, the proper quotes out of it. Okay. MC's great at it. Coach Zur is great at it. Um, I mean, they just, they say it in perfect sound bites. They're, they're smart, right? They're teachers. They're smart. Yeah. Deckert was a little bit more... Yeah, he, he would tell more stories. <laughs> well, he he did. He'd get off track a little. He, bit he could, he could, but he was great too. I could talk to him a lot when I was at the Argus. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Coach Nelson's great. I mean, they're 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 all great. I um, I really, you know, I've had some working, especially in professional sports, some contentious or uh, difficult situations. Uh, I've never had one working with a Brandon Valley yeah. uh, player coach. That's I mean, they're good. just they're good. It's a good school district. Everybody says that, but I mean, yeah. from from a guy uh, thirty thousand feet away who just talks to people on Friday nights, they've been great. Yeah, yeah. You you get to see, like you mentioned, the raw emotion. Yeah, and, and I know at me being a coach and a former athlete, I mean, you and I never got a lot of post game interviews ever. Like I don't even remember having one. Mm -hmm. Like it, it just didn't happen that often. So I I could go kind of you know sequester myself in the locker room with yeah. all of my buddies but to, to get up on a platform afterwards and talk or have a microphone stuck in your face 
I'm sure you're aware many times of the of the yeah. of what you're stepping into. Oh yeah, especially high school kids. That you got to be careful, man. There's a lot of tears, a lot of emotion, man. I always, and even when I talk to high school players, like if I call them, I always like to check with the parents first on yeah. a high school kid, uh, or I, if I do, like if I happen to have their cell number, I'll call them and say, "Hey, do you have five minutes?" And make sure your mom and dad are okay with this, because um, mm-hmm. I don't interrupt you doing homework. And these are kids, right? 16, 17 year old kids. Um, when they go to college, it's a little different. Uh, I've always said that. The, the kind of the uh, uh, the gloves are off, really, when you go to college, right? You're an adult, and it's a little different. But post game, especially this year in football, there were some tears, you know, understandably so. Um, but you know, high school sports, the highs are extremely high, and the lows are are terribly low. So after losses are are tough. But you know, I got, also you got to knock out about 700 words, you know. So you mm-hmm. need some content, you know. Um, we did the preview story this year for Brandon Valley football and their secondary or their defense was really young. They had one returning starter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, the season opened against O'Gorman and they lost by 35 and they got torched. The, uh, they just got torched by O'Gorman. And they, mm-hmm. you know, threw like six touchdown passes. So you got, I mean, you have to ask those questions, but you're tough, man. You, I talked yeah. to a DB that night and that was hard. Yeah. I, uh, I think sometimes you, uh, when you play a position like, Defensive back, yeah, or offensive lineman. The only time you get noticed is when you don't do your That's job. Not, you're not wrong. Yeah, you're not <laughs> wrong. I feel bad for those kids, man. But I tell you, that defensive backfield came a long way this season. From the time they opened the season against O'Gorman, as the season they just got better and better and better, and you could you could see that for sure. And another thing, like, great with like Coach Christensen, I'll ask him questions that are not the easiest. And I always say, like, I got to ask, right? And he's yeah. always the first to say, yeah, you have to ask. That's a good question. They, uh, in their playoff game, they had a fourth and four from their own 44. Uh, and they went for it and didn't get it. And it was a big turning moment in the game. You got to ask about that, right? Yeah. And I said, Coach, I, just, I, gotta, I don't know if I'm going to use it or not, but I got to ask. And he was really cool about saying, yeah, you, you got to ask that question. I get it. So a lot, lot of coaches, especially like at the collegiate or professional level, you know, they'll they'll light you up a little bit. But Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I have a... <clears throat> I have a connection, a uh, guy that coached me in college ended up becoming the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm. And he became the all-time losingest coach in the history of the NFL. Um, <laughs> and so I got to watch a guy that I knew was one of the most positive guys I ever knew. I watched him continually bring that positive message that he had. And they were 11 and 45 or something when he got let okay. go. But what was interesting was the next year, the Jaguars made the Super Bowl and were one quarter, or made the uh, AFC Championship yeah, and right. were one quarter away from from uh, from beating the Patriots and going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was all the guys that he had drafted and developed over that time. And now, obviously, you know the NFL, like you said, is another thing. But that was, I mean, one of my favorite coaches of all time because he believed in people. Yeah. You know, and the these coaches that are around for, for so long, I, I, you know, every time I talk to coach Deckard or coach Nelson, they always bring up, you know, how much, uh, coach, um, coach, uh, coach Nelson. Yeah. Or coach, uh, coach Garrell, coach Garrell, yep. coach Garrell. And, yep. but, uh, coach from Northern state that was up there, the basketball coach Meyer, oh, Don yeah. Meyer, sure, you Don know, Meyer, how much sure. he, an impact he made on them. And, and Coach Garrow, of course, that, you know, you watch these in our culture, in our world, to see the impact that sports and coaches have on on, the, on people. 
uh, it's pretty pretty incredible. So I always find it fascinating, especially on the high school and collegiate level in football. Anyway, two losses, you're in a pickle, right? Two or three losses, you're kind of you put yourself in a bad situation. But those kids come out fired up, man. They just come, and how the coaches have that ability to uh, inspire still at you know at two and six is amazing to me. But uh, you know, uh, I've been around a lot of college teams that have been two and six, but on Saturday morning they're ready to go. I mean, they're pumped up at two sure. and six. Whereas in the NFL, you know, I'm a big New Orleans Saints fan. They're three and seven, and I still got hope they can win that division. You know what I <laughs> mean? Seven losses isn't going to kill them. But uh, yeah, and in, in high school and college, I'm always amazed at uh, at how they get those kids up. So you kind of you're kind of one of those guys. You punched a lot of the things on your bucket list. You you uh, what what's you know you're you're in Brandon right now. I mean, you've got kind of a career where you have a lengthy resume. It's probably got a front and a backside to it. Yeah. What what's next for you? I mean, do you see yourself being here for a while, or what? Do you have anything that's not that's on your bucket list that you haven't punched? You know, that's a it's a good question, and I've thought about that before. I my goal was to to be the PR director for the Indianapolis 500. That was it, man, and I hit that at 33. And I sometimes, um, it, it troubles me, honestly, to be honest with you, because to what you just said, I, I'm i just a kid from Sioux Falls, man, and I got to be the PR director for the Indy 500, the Los Angeles Lakers. I was the first PR director in the WNBA. I mean, all these things mm-hmm. that I sometimes sit back and, and look at that. I just, it's it's not even real for me to think back on that now. Um, I'm as happy as can be being home, Uh you know, my family owns the toy store in downtown Sioux Falls. And uh-huh. so I help there, you know, occasionally I, I get to write for Jill. Um, I pick up my daughter every day from school. Uh, I'm the luckiest guy. I talk, there's, there's another guy walking around out there with no luck at all because I, I got his and mine. <laughs> and I honestly, I'm, I'm very grateful for what I've been able to do. And, and now I'm just, I'm enjoying life, man. I, every morning my feet hit the floor, I say thank you. And yeah. I'm, I'm just as happy as can be. It's a good place to yeah. be, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, in, I'm a good place. Yeah. That's a good place to be. So, so you you you're you're not if you have future plans, you're not disclosing them on the Links podcast. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'd love to write another book. I've written two books. Okay. I'd love to write another one. Um, that's harder than than people think. Um, it no takes kidding. a lot of time. I'd really love. I'd love to write a uh, a fiction book like like my daughter and my father. Yeah. My dad's written a couple. Uh, I just don't know if I have the bandwidth to do that. Honestly, I just don't. They're much better at that than I am. Um, I, I've started a couple uh, books, and it just—it's life gets in the way. You know, it's hard yeah. when you're younger. You got a little bit more uh, uh, drive to to do that sort of thing. So, I honestly am not keeping anything from Link's podcast. I, there's nothing on the horizon. I, I really am just—I'm in a really good place. I'm happy, and uh, I had to ask. Yeah, I uh, had to ask the question. Ask. <laughs> you got to ask. <laughs> That's right. I had to ask. So, um, well, that's good. I I appreciate your coverage and I know the people in our community appreciate being able to pick up copy and, and read stories. Um, you know, because when we look at the paper, we're really looking in the mirror of who we are and, uh, thank you for serving us in that way and giving us great, uh, great stories. Yeah, Um, my pleasure. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like, you know, to get to tell your story a little bit, I'm I'm privileged that I got to do that. So well, it's my pleasure. I love writing the feature stories. Love it, man. The game stories they sort of tell themselves. Those featurey stories that are out there, love okay. them. So if anybody has an idea, uh, drop us a line at the journal. I'd, I'd love to chase it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, we've got the greatest resource in Brandon. I mean, as you're learning and you know, is is our people. Yeah, no question. So it's a great we'll, place. Uh, great place. We'll keep uh, we'll keep in touch, and I appreciate you, Tom. And uh, we're gonna. We're going to move on, but I appreciate all you do, and uh, we'll uh, 
Thanks. See you. I guess not in the funny pages, but well, on the sports some days. page. <laughs> some days. <laughs> Appreciate you having me. Thanks. All right. Thanks. Thank you for joining us on the Love Your Neighbor podcast. The purpose of the Love Your Neighbor podcast is to build community one conversation at a time. You can help us build that community by sharing the podcast on your social media channels and rating our podcast on whatever platform you're listening from. Another way is to let us know of any neighbors who have a story. Go Leaks! Go Leaks!